Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning. I'm your host, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform that focuses on the tenets. This Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish. I've had many spiritual experiences, and in gratitude, we will have ongoing Bible readings and discuss uh, spiritual experiences and read out of uh, uh, the choice readings I have this morning. And I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. The call-in number, if you have any comments or questions, is 619-924-9744. And we are every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I would like to thank uh, Native Angels by Save. Uh, you can get the CD, the opening music, uh, on Amazon and from Save.org. And they do have a phone number, 210-573-6335. And they're also on Facebook. Of course, you can listen to them on YouTube, and they're just amazing. And buy a CD once in a while. I think that would be good for them, too, to keep their band going. And Save, S-A-V-A-E dot org. Okay, um, this one, let's just say the opening prayer. Let's say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and all we see. We pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy. We pray for all those suffering from violence abroad and here at home. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own home. And we pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds. Please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect those who believe in you and love you, our Heavenly Father. And all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals and the little ones who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries and problems of suffering all over the whole world. We want to thank you for that, God. Amen. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and guidance and that we follow in his footsteps and try to do what's right in this world while we're here. God bless everybody and their families who are in our prayers. And as the holidays come up, we also want your angels to minister to the lonely ones that have nobody. But we want to remember that they, we still love them. God bless you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We have, let's see, several birthdays today. Let's see, uh, happy birthday to Crystal Sherwood Smith. Um, happy birthday to Amanda Bell. Valencia Moncur Clemens to Michelle Fernand, also to Alice Castleberry and Alan Castleberry, and to Sam Swain. God bless you guys and have a very happy birthday and happy anniversary, everybody, and happy birthday to everybody out there. Just remember that we love you and we like to celebrate your birthday with you. And if you have any special anniversary you want me to announce or anything, just let me know, okay? 
So then uh, this, this brings us to our, our reading within Acts. Uh, we have really been moving along in the Bible, and we're reading every week and persistent. And, uh, you know, we're only a few chapters short, and we're going to be finished with Acts. So let's read about um, uh, what we read last week. We're in the Acts of the Apostles. And uh, let's see, of course, this was written by St. Luke. And it's talking about Paul and his ministries. And he has had a very problematic ministry so far with a lot of uh, going ministering around, uh, telling everybody about Christ and Jesus, uh, what he's done for us. And uh, they ask a lot of uh, technical things, and Paul's right in there with that. And uh, so let's read what happened last week. I'm actually... uh, I think the help of Shmoop, it's a website, S-H-M-O-O-P, that has notes that I, that I like, so it keeps a little bit of sense of humor. Okay, Paul's trial in Caesarea. Five days later, the high priest uh, Ananias some, and some council elders and a lawyer named Terelius came up to Syria. When the hearing begins, Terelius accuses Paul of being outside agitator who has come in and said blasphemous, profane things in the temple. And uh, they're very angry. Paul defends himself to the governor, and uh, he tells the governor that no one in the temple saw him arguing and teaching about Jesus. Uh, true, he was just performing um, his uh, rituals and things like that. In other words, the charges against him were straight-up lies. Uh, Paul admits that he's a follower of Jesus, but he also is a Jew who believes in God and the authority of Jewish law and all the prophets and all the good stuff. Jesus is just a natural continuation of this. And Paul explains that when he is in the temple, he's just minding his own business and not upsetting anyone. Some Jews from Asia came along and had him arrested. Basically, the whole thing was made up. We realized by the end that over the course of two years, uh, Felix actually kept Paul in jail. and uh, But he keeps talking to him every once in a while about Jesus. But Felix keeps him on hold and, and keeps him in the jail cell. So today we're going to move on to Chapter 25. And because uh, things move slow, remember back in the day they were on horseback or mule or donkey and uh, they walked everywhere they went. And so since he's waiting trial, he'll just stay there two, three years just waiting to hear from somebody. But, of course, Paul is being ministered to by... Uh, the spirit of Jesus and everything else. So, um, anyway, let's just turn to our Bibles. I read the Ryrie Study Bible. Uh, you can use any Bible you wish, of course. And we do have online Bibles, uh, www.biblia.com. And uh, that's really good because it has uh, it has all the concordance and everything else, if, if that's what you like. And then um, there's also www.biblegateway.com get more information. So today we're going to read chapter 25. It's about Paul's defense before Festus. Chapter 25. Festus then, having arrived in the province, and three days later went up to Jerusalem from Syria. Chief priests and the leading men of the Jews brought charges against Paul, and they were urging him, requesting a concession against Paul, that he might have him brought to Jerusalem at that time, setting an ambush to kill him on the way. But Festus then answered that Paul was being kept in custody at Caesarea and that he himself was about to leave shortly. Therefore, he said, 
Let the influential men among you go there with me, and if there is anything wrong with the man, let them prosecute him. Then after he spent not more than eight to ten days along with them, he went down to Caesarea, and on the next day he took his seat in the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. After Paul arrived, the Jews who had to come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him, which they could not prove. But Paul said his own defense, I have committed no offense either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, and as you also very well know, if then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I do not refuse to die. But if none of those things is true from which these men accuse me, no one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then when Festus had had conferred on his counsel, he answered, You have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you shall go. And now when several days had elapsed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived in Caesarea and paid their respects to Festus. While they were spending many days there, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man who has left us a prisoner by Felix. And when I was at Jerusalem and the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it was not the custom of the Romans to hand over any man before the accused meets his accusers face to face and has an opportunity to make his defense against the charges. So after they had assembled there, I did not delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought up before me. When the accusers stood up and they began bringing charges against him, not of such crimes as I was points of disagreement with him on their own religion, and about a dead man, Jesus, whom Paul had asserted to be alive. Isn't that something? Being at a loss of how to investigate such matters, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial on these matters. But when Paul appealed to be held in custody for the emperor's decision, I ordered him to be kept in custody until I sent him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man himself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So on the next day, when Agrippa came together with the Bernese and and amid great pomp and entered the auditorium accompanied by the commanders and the prominent men of the city at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all you gentlemen here present with us, you see this man about whom all the the people of the Jews appealed to me, both at Jerusalem and here, loudly declaring that he ought not live any longer. But I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and since he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. Yet I have nothing definite about him to write to. Uh, Let me do that again. Yet I have nothing definite about him to write to, my lord. Therefore I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that they, after the investigation has taken place, I may have something to write. So he's actually at a loss of what to of what to do and what to, to write against him. For it seems absurd to me in the sending a prisoner and not indicate also the charges against him. So that was a good argument. And that's the end of 25 also. So let's go back and read the notes. 
And let's see. Let's go back. Okay, 2511. I appeal to Caesar. Festus's suggestion that Paul appear in Jerusalem for trial provoked this appeal to Caesar, but Paul realized that the trial would not be impartial if conducted by Festus, especially if the case were transferred to Jerusalem, and that he would be in great danger if he was returned to the jurisdiction of the Sanhedrin. Remember, they were all appalled by whatever Paul was saying. And the right of appeal was one of the most ancient and cherished rights of a Roman citizen. Nero was emperor at this time. And we're talking about A.D. 54-68. And then uh, 2513 Agrippa. Herod Agrippa II, the son of Herod, Herod Agrippa I, and the great-grandson of Herod the Great. And both of those territories, he ultimately ruled under Roman jurisdiction. Bernice was a sister with whom he was having an incestuous affair. They were living together, I guess. Wow. Paul was not required to defend himself before them since he had already appealed to Caesar, but he took this opportunity to witness to the Jewish king. So that comes to the end of uh, this drama that's unfolding. So next week we will be going on to uh, Acts 26 and see if uh, Paul ever gets out of jail. Poor Paul. His ministry is one of suffering, that's for sure. So now we're going to read in our guidepost, and um, I have to say uh, this act has turned out to be very exciting, and, and I've really enjoyed it, and uh, we're going to go carry on with it next week. So let's read a, a random story that I pick out, and usually uh, every time I, I read a story out of this guidepost book, it seems to be about my history, so this is very strange. Anyway, um, I'm just going to randomly pick a story. It says a message I cannot ignore. It's by Patty Bowman of Fisher, Kingfisher, Oklahoma. My home was a two-bedroom trailer, and the winter of 1978 was just beginning in my area of rural western Oklahoma when I heard the western weather report on the television. An ice storm was coming. In preparation, I gathered blankets, and sure enough, the power went out. Yeah, I said a prayer to God that would get me through the night safely and made myself comfortable on the couch, huddling under the blankets. At midnight, I woke as the TV and lights came back on, and feeling all was well, I turned everything off and went to bed. Fifteen minutes later, I awakened from a sound sleep, a voice calling me urgently, a voice I always heeded unquestioningly. Patty, get up, Mother said. A glow was coming from the kitchen. I jumped out of bed and ran to see flames shooting from the hot water tank. I rushed outside, and by the time the firemen arrived, the trail was totally engulfed in flames. Numb with exhaustion, I watched as the fire consumed my home. Other family members arrived from nearby, and we surveyed the ruins. Thank goodness you got out, my sister said. What if you hadn't woken up in time? It was then I told them the story of how I'd been roused by a mother's voice and the others stared at me in disbelief. Why is it so amazing to think that she saved my life? Because Mother had passed away in March the year before. God had sent me a message that I could not ignore. I think we have to heed these small messages. And then I'll read the daily meditation. And uh, I have two of them. I have Letting God. I love this little book. I've had it since 1984. 
So let's read today. We're in December. Let's see, let me just find it. December 14th. Let's see. Yeah, December 14th. Conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Colossians 4 5. An ancient story tells of a monarch who was constantly worried and harassed. He called his wise men together and asked them how to invent a model that would help in times of distress. It must be brief enough to be engraved on a ring and would be appropriate in all situations, good or bad. They studied and prayed. The wise men came up with this motto This too shall pass away. These words have become part of our inner consciousness. Whenever we hear them, we are blessed. Robert Louis Stevenson, when the suffering grew worse, was inspired to continue writing when he remembered these five words. Lincoln was able to endure hatred and great opposition when he recalled them. Nothing lasts forever, a fact that might keep us from despair and greed, from cockiness and carelessness. Time passes, life goes on. Each day is fresh and new, and there's always more. There's always God. Lord Christ, keep me from hanging on too tight. Let me open up the flow of life as time passes. Amen. I was in the elevator going to work a couple of days ago, and I saw a gentleman come in, and uh, he held the door open in the elevator for me. And I, I, we also let each other pass, being polite. And he looked, you know, harassed and worried and harried. And I just looked up at him because he was really, really tall. I looked up to him, and I said, this too shall pass. And he looked at me, and he had a big smile on his face. He says, you're right about that. Whatever's going on now is not going to matter another another year or two, and this will be all behind me. I said, yes, it will be. And I went on into my office to say goodbye to the gentleman. But we do have to remember whatever trials, whatever's happening with us, that will also pass away. We're not stuck like this forever. I do thank God for that. So the next little reading I have is a woman's spirit. And we're going to go on to read today's 14th. Okay. Go is to wander off into the dark, unknown, scary places. The darkness fades as we stretch out our hand and feel the touch, the grasp of another. That's by Margot Casey. It is not surprising that we fear letting go. We spent years trying to control other people and circumstances, and just because we generally failed at our attempts doesn't mean that we understood why. Most of us have continued to think, maybe this time, how lucky we are to have this program as a daily guide. We are getting the message. Some of us are taking longer hearing in it, but all of us will learn the letting go is possible. Every time we do so successfully, we ensure that we let even go even more quickly next time. You know, we don't have to hang on to this pain forever. That's true. Besides the serenity that comes when we let go, we feel the touch of our higher power who has been waiting for our reach for help. Letting go gives us not only peace, but also a spiritual connection that will help us let go more quickly next time. I can let go of any problem that troubles me today. God will be there to take my burden and take my hand. That was very, very beautiful, and I just appreciate all of you for tuning in Every Sunday morning, I know it's uh, it's afternoon in some places, it's different times in different areas, but I just want to let you know that I appreciate you very much, and uh, we are going to close for the day, and I want to thank you for tuning in with us. And let's say our closing prayer. 
as our tradition is, we as we meditate and focus for a moment of silence for the person out there still suffering. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you for joining Sacred Sunday. Please come back next week and bring your family and friends. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. We're never really alone. Just remember that. Remember that God loves you. And may your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. And goodbye-bye, my friends, and happy trails for you. And I wish you all the best. God bless you. Let's go.